Hey y'all, it's your girl Mix Girl Maine, just reminding you that all Maine Hustle Media shows during the month of August will be on hiatus. That's for Militantly Mixed, Black Radical Queer, Blurred Comics, and the Bi Furious podcast with Mix Girl Maine. All four shows are on summer break until September. This is a Maine Hustle Media podcast. My name is Jackie O, and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back, listening to Militantly Mixed. Hey, y'all, it's your girl Charmaine, a.k.a. Mixed Girl Maine, jumping in real fast to give you sort of an update of what's been going on since I took the hiatus at the beginning of August. Um, we are doing the rerun episodes every week, which we'll continue to do until September. And then I will drop new episodes that were from interviews I recorded before the hiatus. And then I'm starting to also look for new interview candidates for October, November, and December. So if you've been on the fence or you've been thinking about coming on the show or wanting to reach out to me, now's your time to hit me up because I'll be scheduling in September for those months. If you can, uh, you can go ahead and email me at Charmaine at MilitantlyMixed.com. That's S as in Sam, H-A-R, M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, E, at MilitantlyMixed.com. And we'll go ahead and get you scheduled for a quick chat so we can get you on the show. Uh, What's been going on? I have been doing some stuff on the business side of Main Hustle Media because I am actively trying to turn this side hustle into my main hustle, just like my slogan, my business slogan says. With that in mind, I've been doing some fundraising efforts and things like that. One in particular, which I will share right now, uh, if you've been following me on social media, you know that we have a fundraising t-shirt campaign through Teespring right now. It is the Be Your Mixed Ass Self t-shirt. It is comes in two styles, classic and tri-blend, so nice and soft and squishy, uh, in black for the classic tee and a midnight navy blue, it's basically almost black, uh, for the tri-blend. That is available through August 31st. They range from $21.99 to $25.99, depending on which shirt you get. And my goal for that shirt is to sell a minimum of 200 shirts between now and August 31st. Once August 31st pops up, that shirt will come down and will no longer be available. So it is a limited time only shirt. If you're interested in it, please do cop it now because we only have until August 31st for that to go. And the proceeds from that fundraising attempt will sustain the show through, if we hit 200, will sustain the show through the end of the year, which will be great because I'm still on my day job hunt and I I haven't found a full-time position yet. So I need to make sure that I secure the funds I need to keep this show going. The link to that t-shirt will be in the show notes, but you can also just go to teespring, T-E-E, spring.com. And then search for Militantly Mixed and my store will pop up. Uh, You can get the limited edition shirt between now and August 31st. But what is always there is the standard Militantly Mixed logo t-shirt, totes, and mugs. You can always get those. uh, But the Be Your Mixed Ass Self shirt is limited edition and will go away on August 31st. 
Uh, let's see what else is going on. I had, uh, my husband had a friend from Russia come into town and we hung out for a, a day. And I also got to watch a Russian version of Winnie the Pooh, which was kind of like ours, but very different and really interesting to see another interpretation of Winnie the Pooh. And I had a cousin, my cousin from Australia came into town and we got to hang out for a couple of days. They just left. Actually, they're probably still on the plane as we speak, even though they left last night at 10 p.m. <laughs> That's a long ass flight. And other than that, I've just been trying to deal with some of the stuff I got going on. My mental health issues, which I have discussed on the show before, dealing with my depression. I, I've been sort of swinging a little bit more than I have in the past. So I have um, pretty dark days and some medium dark days. And then uh, if I have something to do, then it's kind of a happy day. But then by the end of the night, I've crashed. So I definitely need this break because I'm not really, um, my same coping mechanisms aren't applying to what I'm going through right now. So that's what it is. I am interviewing pretty much every couple interviews a week, every week. And I'm always being told I am the second person they were interested in. So um, I've been number two all summer long. Do not know what that deal is going on. Maybe they're sensing my depression or whatever. I have been talking about work-life balance a lot. So maybe that's been excluding me. I have no idea what's going on. I've never had such a hard time finding a position before. But that's what's going on in my life. Um, this. So with that in mind, the reason why I chose the episode that I'm airing today for the rerun is because this is the episode that I can hear my voice be the happiest my voice is on the show. And this is the Adela Colvin interview from Lola Bean Yarn Co. If you haven't already heard it, Adela is someone that I totally internet stalk. We don't know each other in person, but we do interact a lot. Uh, we're friends on Facebook and I follow and am a patron of her yarn company when I have money, but I'm part of her yarn company's related social media group. Um, and I, she's just one of the funniest people. I absolutely love her and her family. She, her, she showcases her family with her products and things like that through, through, uh, Instagram and social media and everything like that. Her daughter, Lola, for which the company is named for is my favorite reality TV show. She is hilarious. And just the sweetest little kid ever. So it's really nice to be able to watch Adela interact with her child or her children and her husband and everything like that. And pushing the representation matters ideal, which is she put her little baby as the logo for her company, Lola Bean. And um, if you do follow her on Instagram, which I'm encouraging you to do, even if you're not a yarn person or a knitter or crochet or anything like that, Supporting black businesses and and is important. Uh, Adela posted a story yesterday, which would be Sunday, August eighteenth, about a um one of the fellow be we call ourselves the Beanstalk. One of the fellow Beanstalkers was knitting in public using Lola Bean yarn, and a a little black girl walked up to her and asked her what she was doing. So she started to show her stitches, uh, you know how to stitch and everything like that. And the little girl noticed the wrapper of one of the unused yarn skeins and it had the picture of Lola on there. And the little girl saw it and goes, look, it's me. And the smile on her face and how it lit up her face seeing another little black girl on a product gave everything to that little girl in the moment. 
And so the fellow Beanstalker shared the story with, with uh, Adela. Adela shared it with her, her Beanstalk group. And, you know, basically we're all in a puddle of tears because every day for us people of color, we notice what we lack in representation. And when we get to see these heartwarming stories of children responding to seeing somebody that looks like them, um, it really, really makes a huge difference. And that is something that Adela is doing with Lola Bean Yarn Co. And that is something I'm trying to do with all my shows as well. So that was just a coincidence that that story pops up after I had already decided to re-air the Adela episode. And I have proof because I emailed Adela a couple days ago to let her know I was going to do it. Uh, but this episode is one of my favorite interviews that I ever did. We spoke for about, not even an interview, we just talked for three hours and then I found an hour worth of it to clip out and put on the show. Giggled the whole time. We both love Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang forever. And, um, and it was just a blast. It was, it was a happy mixed folk convo and I'm happy to share it with y'all during this rerun time. It is actually still to this day, one of the top three most downloaded episodes. I, I see it constantly every week. It is downloaded a handful of times. So it is out there representing for all us brown and black knitters out there in, uh, in the world. And I just, um, I'm an absolute fan of Adela. I'm so grateful that she came on my show. Uh, if you are a crafter, please go to lolabeanyarnco.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook and start to get her yarns. Her yarns are absolutely beautiful. It is really hard to um, not want to buy every single thing that she puts out. The only thing that is keeping me from doing that is being unemployed. So please support black businesses, support Adela, support Lola Bean Yarn Co. And yeah, I guess that's all I have to say. Don't forget to cop the Be Your Mixed Ass Self t-shirt for a limited time only on Teespring. Link is in the show notes. And yeah, without further ado, let's get it going. Welcome to Militantly Mixed, a podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine, and I'm smiling because I am absolutely in love with my guest today. I wanted to get her on my show forever, and I think she got her eyebrows did, so she finally has agreed to be on the show. <laughs> That's what you said was your stipulation. You had to get your eyebrows done. <laughs> So my guest today, <laughs> yep, got, got him done. that was part of it. Um, I discovered through a friend, the Lola Bean Yarn Co through Facebook, and I didn't want to be a crazy stalker, but instantly fell in love with, with the owner Adela. <laughs> I was so trying not to be a stalker. And then one day she said, why aren't we friends? And I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> We talk too similar, so why don't you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about the company to the audience, and then we will get into our mixed s lives. Uh, I am Adela Colvin, the owner and operator of Lola Bean Yarn Co. I hand dye yarn fibers and sell them. <laughs> 
<laughs> wife, you know. I just chill. It's, it's and destroyer me. of white internet trolls oh, all yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is. So we're both knitters. We're, we're both in the crafting world. And it is a predominantly white space. It is sometimes uncomfortably white. And not- we have little pockets where we find these nice people of color that are involved and, and things like that. And I've gotten to the point where I'm I, I'm almost exclusively buying yarn just from black women dyers, not necessarily even POC dyers, just black women dyers. Those, those are the mm-hmm. folks I'm looking for. And um, I was introduced to you from a friend of mine, Brianna, who is a quarter Japanese like I am. That's how she and mm-hmm. I bonded. And so found you, found your stuff. And my first purchase from you was your Prince Memorial line and you dyed me a special two skeins of the worsted weight yeah (laughs) for I will die for you which is my favorite song I have knitted and unknitted and re-knitted because I am just like waiting to find the thing that speaks to that yarn the most it's just sitting right there on my little table and I keep doing it I'm like oh this looks good but it's not perfect yet and I unravel start back up and I got a hat on oh, knuckle sandwich too, sitting on sticks right now. Also, knuckle, I love knuckle sandwich. <laughs> I like knuckle sandwich. Anyways, I'm a, I'm a speckle junkie though. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and that's new to me. I'm I'm like as plain as the go. I'm just like there's no sparkle in my life, but I love knuckle sandwiches. Yeah, you probably will, because <laughs> every time you put something together, I'm like, oh shit, I didn't even know I like these colors. God damn it, I only wear black and gray. Um. <laughs> So I wanted you to come on the show for a couple of reasons, but you are also mixed. Um, let's talk about your, your ethnic background and let's get into it. Okay. So my dad is a black man born uh, and raised in Southport, North Carolina. And my mother is Puerto Rican. She was, um, she was born in New York. She was born in Harlem. Do they um, call those York Ricans? Mm-hmm. New Yorican. New Yorkans. Okay. Yep. I just learned that term. I don't even know how. Yeah. I lived on the East Coast and I just learned that term. New Yorican. Yep. Uh, my grandparents were born on the island, but my mom, um, her two oldest siblings, I believe, were born on the island. And then oh, my okay. grandparents, um, you know, moved to New York and had the rest of their children there. So, and I am the end result of that uh that union <laughs> do you do you just like almost every other puerto rican i know do you have cousins and family that that are all different colors um my family is the Un- united nations we joke um right. i have uncles who have had you know kids with irish women um aunts you know that have kids with with black men i have cousins um dominican you know, are, are Dominican and Puerto Rican. We 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 are all over, literally all over. Like yeah, we 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 could walk down the street with like my grandmother, and they'd be like, you know, oh, who are these kids? And she's like, you know, these are my grandkids. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, because she's like this short, you know, Puerto Rican lady, but she 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 could she's white passing. Okay. Uh, you know, she's like really 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 fair skinned, and then here I come, you know, with my black ass. <laughs> And they're like, you know, this is this is your granddaughter, yeah, yeah. biologically, like that's that's my that's grandkid. It. But um, yeah, we're 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 all over the rainbow. So I always felt a particular connection to the Puerto Rican kids when I was growing up because I grew up in the hood, border of Long Beach and Compton, and I looked closer to the Puerto Ricans than anybody else that I went to school with because I'm yellow with black features. 
So those are the ones that, that I tended to gravitate towards just because we sort of look similar. And if I'm on the East Coast, I'm Puerto Rican or Dominican. And if I'm on the West Coast, I'm Filipino or Mexican. Yeah. That just happens. Yeah, makes sense. Do you get mistaken for other... Do people ask you where you're from? You know what? Um, when I went... I lived in Maryland for a little bit. And this is going to be so funny. They didn't think I was Black or Puerto Rican. They thought I was Somalian. Really? I stopped all the time. And people ask me, I'll never forget it. I went into a gas station and I think I was like getting beer or something. And the lady behind the counter asked me for ID and she looked at me and she's like, this isn't a Somalian name. And I looked at her and I'm like, okay, okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with Somalian names, but, and she's like, aren't you Somalian? And she, you know, she was Somalian. I'm like, no, I'm just Black, really? you know, Puerto Rican. And I've gotten that in Maryland. I've gotten that um, in New York. I went to get my hair braided once and they naturally assumed um, I was Somalian. And it's terrible because I think I said like my dad was from Somalia and I got a discount. Yes, get that discount. <laughs> <laughs> Scared of that discount. <laughs> Don't think I ain't gotten free lumpia from a nice Filipino mama who wanted me to okay. marry their son. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, no, I don't, people, not necessarily the, the Puerto Rican side, but the black side, or when I'm, when I'm around other black people, you know, what are you mixed with? Yeah. You know, what, what, what are you mixed with? You, you look a little different. My hair texture, um, you know, when I'm not chopping it off and I'm letting it grow, you know, it's like really curly and, you know, you're mixed. What's your mama? You know, who's, who's, who's white? That's another one I get. That question I only get in the South. I do yeah. not get that from black people anywhere else, but in the South, who's white? Yeah, because in the South, what I've noticed, especially living in Grovetown, and it pisses me off so bad. And it's not that I have anything against Mexicans, but down here, Mexicans are like, that's it to them. Like, no other Spanish people exist. Right, right. People in the South. Um, you know, I remember I was in the post office one time, and there was a lady being helped, and she did not speak English. So, you know, I just went ahead and interjected and I said, you know, I, I let the, the postal worker know what she was looking for. And we finished, you know, they finished their transaction and she thanked me. And the lady behind me looked at me and she's like, I didn't, you don't even look like you speak Mexican. <gasps> uh -uh. I said, well, first of all, Mexican ain't a language, you idiot. You know, that that's Spanish. That's what I was speaking. But everything down here is Mexican. Right everything. So if you're black and you're fair skinned, um, somebody's white, who's white, right? Because to them, it's black, white, and Mexican. That's it. That's, yeah. uh, at least that's what I've noticed. Down no, here. I agree. Because uh, I when I back when I lived in Texas, too, everybody was it, it wasn't hard call to say <laughs> that a Spanish speaking person was Mexican there. But if they weren't and they're like, oh, I'm not Mexican. And they're like, well, what kind of Mexican are you then? It was like straight up the question that they would ask. What kind of Mexican are you? A Mexican from Puerto Rico. See, in Southern California, when you ask what kind of Mexican are you, you mean, are you Mexico Mexican or or, or like born in California Mexican? And then even that has two different divides because there's like old California Mexicans who have been here since before the borders were put up. And then there's, you know couple generations in you moved over you know like that that's what they made here in southern california but in texas they really met 
you speak Spanish, what kind of Mexican are you? Because that's the only possible thing <laughs> Spanish speakers are. Puerto Rican? What's that? <laughs> you know, that kind of Where's stuff. That? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you got probably closer to like East Texas, as you get closer to the border of Louisiana, they're more open to the fact that you can speak different languages and look black. Yeah. You know, they're a little bit more used to that, that than Texans were. But yeah, what kind of Mexican are you? One of my favorite questions. My <laughs> other favorite thing is, any other place, not the not the South, any other place in the United States, a black person who can stiff me out a mile away, it's either you black, um, <laughs> that's the question, you black, and uh, or <laughs> or what they got mixed up inside of you, <laughs> that thing. <laughs> but in the South, it's just which parent is white. Yeah. And then they yeah. hear it like back when I was a Franklin, my last name was Franklin. Then it was like, oh, so your mom's white. Because Franklin is clearly a plantation name, so Definitely. right, that kind of stuff. And now I just I married a Johnson, so I just traded one plantation name for another plantation for another. name. <laughs> <laughs> do people ask you because your last name is Colvin? How do you have a last name like that? No, I'm gonna do. I'll do one even better. This is my second marriage. Now, my first husband was Bayesian, and his last name was Critchlow. Okay. Yeah. So I was Adela Renee Critchlow <laughs> and people would see me and it's like, well, she looks black. She's speaking Spanish <laughs> and her last name is Critchlow. <laughs> what are you? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what planet do you come right. from? Um, so I used to get a lot of questions um, with that name. Colvin, believe it or not, not not so much. Nobody oh, really. really. Nobody I have really. seen you be questioned about your first name, where you yeah. had to be like, "That's a family name. You need to back the fuck up." There, there, there were a couple. Um, I'm actually named after my aunt, who was named after her aunt. And um, if my brother decides to keep the tradition, you know, he will. If not, oh well. Um, but. It's it's a span Adela Adelita, which is you know little Adela, which right. is you know what my family has called me. It's it's very Spanish. Um, white people won't say that though. White people argue with me, um, and they tell me, oh no, it's German. You know Adelaide. I mean, yeah. it's totally possible that different parts of the world come up with similar sounding names. Exactly, but you know, so they they argue with me about that, but it's definitely um. A, a latin name my daughter is lola um which is you know short for dolores don't that, even get me started on what you got asked the other day about your daughter <laughs> listen Pete, this is ev when i tell you okay because i'm in the knitting world right i'm in the fiber world right and it's 99.9 percent middle-aged white, white women. ladies yeah so i literally get these things every day multiple times a day of course i know what my kid's name is right i know what the the root word is actually no that lady that asked me that question was in spain she was in spain oh, really? the lady that was was giving me the background to my daughter's name and what had triggered me was the fact that because i look black she assumed that she had to give me a lesson in the Spanish history of my daughter's name. And it wasn't <laughs> until I said to her, hey, uh, I'm Puerto Rican. 
And then there was, you know, a silence mm -hmm. over the crowd. Oh. I mean, the Spanish were colonizers too. No. Hello. People so. forget about the brown colonizers, but they're out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so yeah, the yeah. name thing, not too much. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, especially when it comes to, to Puerto Ricans and Dominicans, probably more than other South Americans, just from my own understanding, and you correct me too if coming up from the wrong spot, but because there are more, um, you know, Afro Latinx folks in those two spaces, um, mm -hmm. do you feel like I, I've heard and I've seen from my friends that they're kind of discounted in their Latin, like, you know, like, oh, so you don't look, you don't look like you speak Spanish. How's, how do you speak Spanish? Stuff like that. Um, do you feel like, do you get to be a part of the Latinidad with other? For a long time, I was, it's like I was allowed, but they had to let me know what my place was. Mm. Okay. You, you know, like I got a pass. Right. Um, it wasn't full acceptance, which was crazy to me because my grandfather born, born in Puerto Rico. He was a black, he was black. Right. And my grandmother, like I said, she was, you know, white passing. Um, and he had all these brown kids, you know, who in turn, you know, a lot of them married, you know, uh, uh, black and, and Dominican and darker people. And he had all these black babies, you know, and grandbabies. And I would constantly hear things like my grandmother would say stuff like, "Oi, this family's just getting darker and darker. Uh-oh, colorism. Um, is that your granddaughter? It is. She's pretty for a black girl, right? Oh, gosh. Now, this is my own family. Like, no, I know. Family. I know. I've heard, you know, oh, Blanquito, like, oh, Blanquito, whatever, and stuff when it's a fair baby and how lucky they are. It, it was that kind of thing. Um, or they trash black people. Like, I remember going to the hair salon with my aunt and my cousin one day, and um, there was, somebody was, like, getting their hair blown out. And we used to call this uh, stylist blowtorch. Because she'd burn your head up with that blow dryer. I'm talking about your scalp, like you'd be hurting. But you'd have like the straightest hair ever. <laughs> uh, and we were sitting there and there was like somebody getting their hair blown out and she was black. And my cousin had made a comment about her and, you know, her hair. Like, I don't even know if that, that, that blow dryer is going to straighten, you know, that black hair out or something like that. Oh, damn. And I looked at her and she looked at me and she's like, but not you. You're different. You don't have hair like black people. A lot uh, of stuff. Like that. I'm like, actually, I do. But okay. Okay. Um, right. You know, but there was a lot of that. So it's like, yes, I was there, and you know, I was at family functions, and we had, you know, a lot of good times. But there, there was always that thing where it's like, you know, we have to remind you, you know, and that that was that was that was that was that was pretty big. Yeah, same with my family too, uh, just because while my British grandmother, she's still around, but like while she was in presence with all her little brown grandchildren and stuff like that, you would hear her make off comments like that. And it would be like, oh, make sure that one doesn't speak Spanish all the time. This is America. Uh, Mind you, my grandmother is a an immigrant, but she's an English-speaking yeah. immigrant, so she's totally better, right? You know? Okay, yeah. Um, so make sure the babies don't sound like they speak Spanish. You know, if you're going to teach them, that's one thing, but make sure that they don't sound like they speak Spanish, stuff like that. And you'd hear these comments, and you're just like, are we not all related? Like, I have a brown cousin who has my face walking around. Like, we all look the same. We're just different colors. Me and my grandmother's relationship ended behind 
colorism um, mm. and, and, and how I was treated because my grandfather had passed away and I was still living in New York at the time. And I would stay with her for a couple of days, you know, three, four days. And then I'd go home for a day or two and then go back, you know, just when you're, you've been married to somebody for decades and then they're gone and, right. you know, keep her company. Do you need me to clean the bathroom? Do you need me to take out the garbage? You know, that type of stuff for her. Yeah. And she was really, really sweet to me when it was just me and her. We'd sit there and watch TV and we would laugh and we would joke and, you know, have a, a, a really good time. And then when family would come over or her friends, she would call me her maid. No. And the help. But she married the dark-skinned Puerto Rican. Yeah. I'm telling you, self-hate is real. No joke. You know, and um, it, it was at that point, like, I, I remember I went home and I was talking to my mom and I'm like, you know, she, you know, she did so much for us growing up. Like we spent like summers there and everything. And it's like, I totally love her for, you know, all the good um, that she's done. But, you know, this is toxic. Yeah. And, and it hurts. And. I, I just, I'm not going to deal with it anymore. Right. And I walked out one day and I never went back. Yeah, I understand that. I feel that greatly. I don't talk to my British grandmother anymore. Or with the exception of one uncle and a couple cousins, I don't talk to anybody on my dad's side because of that toxicity. Damn, that's... This This baffles me because it's the same with my British grandmother. Even though she's Caucasian, she married the darkest skinned person she could have possibly found mm-hmm. and yet has all these issues with dark skin. Like, thank goodness her, her kids came out, like, coffee with cream in it. Otherwise, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, yeah, like, the thing is, my granddad is not the first nigga she was with. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? But she still had that thing of, like, you know, making sure that the lighter skin of us knew we were pretty. Yeah. Compared to the darker skin um, cousins and things like that. And that just, God, I do not understand colorism. It is so disgusting. I do not understand it. In particular within our own communities, too. Because um, for me, and I don't know if you had this problem, uh, but for me, dark skinned girls didn't mind me. I was totally down with dark skinned girls. Light skinned mm-hmm. girls hated my ass, though, in high school. Because mm-hmm. I, was, I thought I looked better than them because I was lighter and I had oh, the good hair. You can't one up the light skinned girls. Right. I, I was going through my crisis of I'm black, but no one knows when I leave my neighborhood. So. Why am yeah. I not darker? Like, I needed to be darker when I was that age. I didn't need to be lighter. I wasn't concerned. I didn't think I was hot because I was light. And I didn't have the good hair that people talk about when they say the good hair. I had yeah. flat Japanese hair at the top and half row at the bottom. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it just decides at the bottom what it's going to do if I'm in humidity mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, like, I didn't have the things that they hated me for. Um, mm. and, and so that was a struggle, like, as I grew up trying to feel comfortable around light-skinned folks because I was lighter than them and I didn't want them to think I thought I looked better than them, um, because I was trying to be darker. I'm yeah. short, short of being crazy about it and, like, actually darkening my skin. Yeah. I just wanted to be darker. I think it would have, it would have solved a lot of questions for people, for me. You know, why do your face look like that but you're yellow? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. In your case, did you have those kinds of things, like... New York problems, not necessarily Puerto Rican problems of of how black kids or how other Puerto Ricans, depending off if they depending on if they look Tahino or black or white. You know what? My friends growing up, 
um, were pretty diverse. I had, you know, black friends. I had Spanish friends. I had um, a little bit of everything, but I think I got or had the most issues with Spanish females. Mm. Um, not fully embracing me because of the black, the black, the black in me. Right, right. You know, and and it's like you're not Spanish unless you look like J Lo. Right. You know, nobody, you know, nobody pays attention to you. You're not really Spanish. So what? You can speak it. This is this is what uh, a true Spanish person woman looks like. Yeah. And you're not. So, I you wonder, know, is she a detriment? Because like being the most famous right now Puerto Rican woman, does she cause problems for all the different com- nuanced ways that Puerto Rican women could look? See, and my thing is, I I love um, J Lo. Now, not her music. You mean you don't I, like her Motown special? L- listen, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I didn't either. I didn't even watch it. I didn't either. Um, you know, I I love her dancing. Um, I there's even a couple of movies, not too many. But there's a couple of movies in there that, you know, I yeah. can sit down and watch. And I lo- like, I love, you know, Selena. Like, she brought that to life for me. I love that movie. Um, but, and I don't even think it's her fault. I just think, you right, know, society, no. you know, society, they, they don't put the camera on. If you ask people how many dark-skinned Spanish people or Puerto Ricans they know, they, maybe they'll say Celia Cruz and that's it. Celia Cruz or now Amala La Negra? yeah. That's it. You know, you don't, you don't see it. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that um, JLo is harmful. You know, I love it. She comes, you know, she comes from where I come from. She comes from the Bronx. You know, she, she, she's, she's putting, you know, she put Puerto Ricans on the map. Right. And made it an okay thing to be, um, which is dope. But I think it would have been really dope if she would have like got other Puerto Ricans and kind of, that's, you know, that's what I think is what I, I'm feeling about her. And I didn't feel like this until recently. It's like starting to be aware of shit. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm sure, absolutely sure this woman has some black looking Puerto Ricans in her family. You know, I mean, we hear we see her sister on occasion, but you don't see her hyping other Puerto Ricans very often. Um so yeah i wonder and i just wonder in terms of like physical proportions look and things like that just just her presence end up being problematic for other like you know other puerto rican folks because she she's the type they've decided puerto ricans must look like to be on stage yep um yeah that's kind (laughs) of that's kind of sucks because right now like for me i get excited if i see any black japanese and japanese people fucking hate mixed folks they don't support us i was a hidden a hidden mixed kid when i was growing up if i was ever around other japanese people my grandma knew i was a friend's kid mm. i was not her grandchild um part of partly because my mom was a teen mom so the math didn't work so there okay. was that but there was also she was always nervous people could tell i was black because black people would walk up to me when we were together and be like you black and then my grandma <laughs> what did i say I'm like, you know what they say, you speak English, like, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, they asked if I was black, why? Because they can see, why? Oh. Because my face, what do you mean? I was like, don't worry, only black people can tell. Why? I don't know, we can just tell. Oh my 
God. <laughs> but it would happen. Like, there'd be people, we'd sit in a restaurant and someone would just sit down. Because, you know, black people, we ain't got no shame. Just sit down with us and be like, you black, right? And I'm like, yeah, mom or dad, dad. Yeah, that's right. And then they get up and walk away. And then my grandma would be like, what just happened? You know? <laughs> 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 she'd be so upset like she just starts screaming and stuff like that because she didn't get what happened and so she didn't want other japanese people to figure it out that we i was her grandchild and that i was black so i was always like a friend of visiting friends kid or something like that it sucks and and when you're a kid you don't get what's happening you like feel weird you know that whatever it is is like these people tell me not to lie except in these situations when it's like okay and so as an adult now you know dealing with all that kind of past trauma and and stuff you're like you know i mean it's part of why i'm just as crazy like overly spoken out mixed person versus you know what i could versus being like my brother who doesn't talk about it at all like we don't talk about it at all um, and he's white. Like, as far as he's concerned, he's white. He don't let anybody know what he is. He doesn't look it, but, you know, yeah. he's just living his life. And so, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> there's all this trauma because we're not, we're not enough of anything and we don't look like anything. But every now and then there's, like, a famous black and Japanese, like, the tennis player, the Os- Osaka mm-hmm. right now. And it's just like, yeah, I'm excited. But then you see right under her picture, she's not a real Japanese. And it's like, oh, you know. Yeah. That kind of, or yeah. like what the fuck um uh true osaka like she was a white girl and i was just like mm-hmm. oh gosh i can't yep. so my people are hella problematic i'm sure everybody's people are hella problematic but um i still get hyped for whatever whatever you Me- can grasp at that is even remotely exciting cool. do you bond with other afro latinx folks even if they're from cuba or, or whatever I do. you're just like you're closer to them than you are to like a tahino presenting puerto rican or something um it depends I, I i'm generally um pretty open and just like accepting to every like i'm chill like i am just really really chill and i'll i'll get to know you and and you know we can become friends as long as you're chill and you know until you show me otherwise we're good but i do have like an affinity for and we'll do a little extra i won't lie um, yeah. you know, for people who are like me or, you know, who, um, identify as black and, you know, maybe mixed and have, you know, cause it's hard. It is hard. You know, um, when we, when we have our toe dipped in however many cultures and, and mm-hmm. groups that we're a part of, and even like, especially I think with Afro Latinx folks more than any other type of mixed people is that you guys kind of became a your own thing like like i'm a black japanese and white kid but they're the only ones like me are the ones i'm related to as far as mm-hmm. i know you know i haven't met others or many others but like yeah. afro latin folks depending on what countries they're in you could technically section off all the different color groups and they would be their own thing after several generations or whatever mm-hmm. and so like a lot of the afro latin uh latina girls i've had on the show have been like until we started talking, I didn't even think of myself as mixed, but like I am. She's like, because my, my grandmother's white presenting and my grandfather's black presenting. And I got yeah. a, an aunt that looks, you know, Spanish or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like, I know it's a way more complicated version of mixedness because in some cases, y'all don't even talk about it unless it is to say, 
this person's mm-hmm. super dark and this person's super light or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever that entails. How do you, how are you going to deal with it with Lola as she gets older? Because I know, I know her favorite curse word is chorizo. Chorizo. Everybody's a chorizo. Chorizo, everybody. Oh my gosh. She was too cute. That and, 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 and Puck. Puck. Because her, her Fs, she, she uses Ps instead of Fs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not putting any labels on her. But you're like, you're giving her span. you're giving her access to all the things that she is, right? Oh, like yes. she's speaking yes. Spanish and she's Everything. all that kind of stuff. You know, English, Spanish, um, black, white, everything. Um, and I'll let her know what her genetic makeup is and, you know, what her, her history is and let her decide how she wants to present herself yeah. to the world. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're talking about like looks, so that little girl's black. That's that, yeah. that's a little black baby. She's so you cute know? too. She's, she, she's my little wife. And this is going to sound really insane, but when I was pregnant with her, I, I told my husband, I said, I hope she's dark. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I, I and don't ask me why, but I just wanted, I just wanted her to present one way. I a hundred percent get that. You know I what I mean? I percent get that. Have people question her and you know, what are you? Where do you come from? Who are you? If she looks black, oh, she's black. Leave her be. Mm-hmm. You know, because that, it gets exhausting answering those questions and dealing it with is. that stuff. Um, and when she was born, she was high yellow. No, she wasn't. Was she? I, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll send you a picture. Wow. About my baby, you would have been like, that's a little white baby. Really? I assume she had a head full of hair, though. Oh, naturally. Yeah, yeah okay. Her, her head's out of control. And, um, I mean, she's my baby, and I love her, and I was holding her and stuff. And I'm like, I looked at my mom, and I'm like, Mom. <laughs> and she's like, no, but look at her ears. And I looked at her ears, and she said, you see how dark they are? And I mm. said, yeah, she's going to get darker. Oh, okay. And slowly but surely, you know, <laughs> a couple of days, a couple of weeks. I said, well, damn, is it going to stop? <laughs> <laughs> dark so she's like my little um chocolate baby and i try not to like um project you know my shit right. onto her i mean we can't i don't think we can fully help that kind of stuff i mean i, I mean it happens it, it happens. happens i'm a human i'm flawed you know yeah but like i totally get why you'd want that because all the time we are faced with the question you know and the question automatically tells us we're not enough of whatever and that's why they need to know in my case, with as a as an Asian black mix or Asian black and white mix, I'm instantly eroticized in the way, especially once they find out it's Japanese specific. It's oh, are you a real Japanese wife? Like, are you a submissive and all those things? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it, and it's just like ugh, it's just gross all the time when you when they've decided whatever it is that you're gonna be for them. And, um, and if they just hear, like, let me talk for five seconds and hear my mouth, they'd know I'm a black woman trapped in a Japanese, mixed Japanese face, you know. <laughs> you know what's crazy? That, you know, you have that, that stereo, that stereotype, um, about Asian women and how they're very timid and they're very, you know, submiss you know, submissive and, and, and 
this the, the sexual fetishes, you know. And I sit here and I think about the Asians in my life. I know I don't know a single Asian. Life. Not the ones I know. Japanese are loud as fuck. I'm like the ones I like. I I dare somebody. You, you know what I right, mean? Right. Right. But naturally, they obviously they, they don't speak for like an entire race of people. But I'm just like. You know, no, okay. but seriously, uh, whatever it was in the 50s that gave off what Japanese or other Asians, because obviously whatever someone decides, whatever is the first Asian someone meets is the only Asian that exists. They're, they're just Chinese, they're just Korean, they're just Japanese, whatever. But whatever that stereotype is that they put out in the 50s has convinced even into the 2019s that that's what Asian women are. And I don't know a single Asian woman like that. Just not even, not one that backs down, not one that's quiet. Covering you your face dire? when you laugh? Yes. That's about it. Did you see that dyer with the Asian persuasion colorway? Oh, no. I did not. Yeah, so there's a dyer in... Um, oh, no. scandal, yeah. And she has a colorway name called Asian Persuasion. She has another one that's called, like... Please don't be yellow fever. No, no, no. <laughs> there's a restaurant Ooh. close to my work that is called Yellow Fever, so... <laughs> Turn it down. Yeah. Um, Ten-year-old Japanese ninja boy or something. What? Another one, Buddha's Delight. God damn it. Like, she has this weird fascination with, you know, Asian people and, and that culture and stuff. And a couple of people called her out on it. They're like, you know, hey. Right. You know, this this isn't, you know, we, we might want to do a name change. And they weren't nasty about it at first. You know, they're just putting it, you know, pointing like it out. Awareness, yeah. And, um, you know, that white fragility, you know, it, it popped up and um, she got like really defensive. And then she went and made a video on YouTube with her husband. Did you see that? Oh, I knew about the video that someone made, but I didn't know all the backstory. I just remember seeing the posts about... You know, okay, I'm well, sad. Two. Oh, okay. The first one was um, Tuscan Knits or whatever, but right. this one, um, I, I won't even tag you in it because your, your head will explode. Like, it was that problematic. Oh, God. Um, where she basically basically told everybody to shut up. Racism isn't a thing. Oh, that's um, nice. Glad it's over. But she said it with, like, a smile on her face and her husband next to her. I guess he, like, coached and scripted her, like, through it. Don't tell me she's got a yellow husband. And then, no, he's, he's a white boy. Oh, they okay. actually were able to put a cult. But, um, okay. and then... <laughs> <laughs> I, I Side note. <laughs> but, um, then they, they started, like, the spirit of the wolf somehow. Listen. God damn it. It just got really, really crazy. But that's how it all started, with Asian persuasion. And somebody telling her, you know, hey, that's not cool. And then you had like all of the Asian folks in the knitting community saying, hey, this isn't cool. Now she's been like disinvited to like really big fiber events. Mm. Somebody started a, a, a racist knitters Instagram page. She's made it there. Mm. Um, I'm going to follow that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's gotten like really, really crazy. But um, that kind of made me or, or got me thinking about, you know, like my Asian friends and, and, and the fetish and, and the creepy shit that people do and think and. Yeah. I don't understand this fetishizing. It's, it's a weird thing. And I, I mean, 
I don't know. People are people will find ways of making everything disgusting, <laughs> for oh, <yeah>. sure. <laughs> I mean, but ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That just ugh. ugh. Asians so gross. I say that every day. I'm like, humans are so gross. They're so gross. Like everything is so <laughs> gross all the time. Oh, and I, I mean, I, <laughs> I try to shut my. I've been trying to shut it off a, a little bit. Social media be, because I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I can keep doing the show and talk about race all the time, and then just go to my social media page to chill out with my friends, and then it's just like, blackface or you know whatever. It's I'm like blocked, you know, oh god, I just I can't even deal with people anymore. It's so irritating. But I mean. I love every time I see I see you post you post something and I swear if I see a, an Adela post it starts out with uh oh what's about to happen because <laughs> I want to know what kind of caucasity were you faced with today I'm like I'm like yo it is nine oh three it's too goddamn early my inbox right now. <laughs> that's what happened to you earlier i was like what the fuck can we wake up it's a saturday <laughs> like, our coffee hasn't kicked in <laughs> what do you want karen what do you want oh oh that is my favorite thing to do now to just drop a white ass name yeah. at the end of something it is my favorite thing <laughs> just... well, the funniest thing or not even the funniest thing but the most ironic thing is um the catalyst that like kind of caused this big uproar in the knitting community the woman her name is karen i know <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> okay. That one was so her response to like, I'm healing now and you know, I went quiet for a while. That whole thing about how attacked she was by her by the people's response to her racism is just the exact example of what of why white people need to shut up. And I'm sorry, I have tons of white people that I love in my life, absolutely adore. But they are also the kind of white people that go, is this for me? Nope. Okay, I'll stand behind you. You know, like, they're the people that step back when they know um, that it's not their place to talk. And obviously, that's the only kind of way I could have a relationship, I think, nowadays, uh, yeah. is those people that do step behind. But um, God damn it, white people. Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, I'm fortunate enough to where um, I have a decent amount of white friends um, who shelter and will go and collect their people. Yeah. When they get out of pocket. Yeah. And that helps like a million. Because if I didn't have that. You couldn't get through your day. You could not do your business. If you had to answer as many crazy ass things. That you've had to answer. Yep. And can I just say. Apart from our race thing. The weird mm -hmm. ass expectations. That people set on you. And your DMs. About your business. Staggerly. It, exhaust me and i'm watching you repost it like i'm not even you i do not understand why people think that they have that much claim to your time to your business to what you're doing mm -hmm. telling you whether or not they could run a comb through your child's head all kinds of shit all the stuff you deal with i like i'm taxed by what i'm doing i don't know what is going how are you self-caring when it comes you know, to these crazy ass people my mom always told or she, you know, she told me and my brother <clears throat> one time it was like after a funeral and like there was like a big family blow up and everybody was yelling at everybody outside the church. You know, we're hood. We're, we, we, we when else is there going to be a fight? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we look Harvard, but we're all hood. You know what I mean? Like we come from the Bronx 
And um, there was like a big fight outside the church. The casket didn't even get taken into the church yet. It, oh, was, no. like, it was like really crazy. And um, me, my mom, and my brother got in the car and we left. She's like, we're not even going into the, let's just go. Mm. And we were in the car and I was like bawling, like hysteric. I was just bawling because I'm just like, why are we like this? You know, like all <laughs> those things that like plague um, families, you know, especially families of color. And my mom is driving and she's like, listen, and she's talking to me and my brother's in the back seat. And she's like, I don't want either of you to ever get so consumed with hate that you treat people the way that we were just treated. Right. So, I mean, I try my best and I'm, I'm, I'm a lot nicer to people than I should be. Then they deserve me to be. I would. Time co-sign that yeah um you know but I I don't I really don't want to be like this raging ball of like negative energy right um it's exhausting it is so you know sometimes if it's if it's not too problematic and if it's not taking up too much of my time and if I'm just sitting down you know in between dying yarn I'll answer it or I'll respond to it or you know whatever but I I really try not to like hyper focus on it if that makes sense yeah of course you know but um every now and again somebody gets like really out of pocket Mm -hmm. and you know they get checked yeah you get blocked and (laughs) yeah my favorite is when they cause problem and then they block you before you get a chance to to a lady just did that to me. yeah i saw that shit yeah that she I what was she? What is she? She's in. A, she sells crystals, or she, she probably smokes them. God damn but, people. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, with that whole thing where she's jumping in to applaud me on something I said, and then says she doesn't see color, which is and, one of the things that rages me more. That is like the most disrespectful thing you can say to a person of color. So when I tell her, you know, and I was very pleasant, what my fingers typed and what my brain thought was. <laughs> <laughs> you know and i'm like you know it's okay to acknowledge color there's nothing wrong we with love it. our color we want to be seen for our color no just don't treat me poorly right that's it that's you it. know it seems so simple oh no you took what i said wrong and and then she blocked me and i was like bitch okay. you literally said the words i do I not see color. see color i'm like i know how to read like and then, like, I think it was somebody, uh, my uh, Sylvia on the post, she was like, you've just been gaslighted. And I was like, oh, shit. Because I, I didn't understand what happened. Like, it happened that fast. And I'm yeah. like, going back to her words. And I'm like, but she said, I don't see color. And then I'm looking down and she's like, no, you, you, you misunderstood. And then she put that stupid wink emoji. Right. I was like, now she's being condescending. Yeah, now she's being shitty. You know? One of my but, favorite uh, responses with, within that whole pool was the person that said, um, how you pick your yarn then? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't see, like, let's get down to how stupid what you just said sounds. Yeah. You don't see color. I, What's the world look I like? That when this whole big thing blew up, I said, you can't be a member of or say that you love fiber arts and not see color. Yeah. How do you pick a color? And then I, oh, somebody was like, well, what if you're colorblind or what if you only see gray? I'm like, gray's a color, ass. Right. You know what I mean? And like, also, colorblind doesn't mean you see everything white. It means you see things different colors than the, the colors that are intended. That's what Suzanne said. She was like, I don't think colorblind means what she thinks it means. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's like, 
But um, you know, I just take it with a grain of salt. I I I address it if it needs to be addressed. I block, I ignore. Um, I vent to my husband a lot. Like my husband, um, you know, he hears all of this stuff at the end of the day. Like sometimes I just have to like give him his props because like he's a champ. All, listen, all the stuff that I want to say but can't because I run this online business. Right. You know, I want to be successful. Um, I want to be a brand that people like and and love and and you know. And you can be a little outspoken, but there's there's a line. Yeah. And I'm always tiptoeing. And that's tiring. No, I get yeah. So, you know, all the stuff that I want to say that I can't say, you know, once I close my laptop and I turn off all my equipment and I'm laying next to my husband, I'm like, let me tell you what this mother effing did. You know, and he takes all that in. You know, he lets me get it off my chest and, you know, we'll talk about it. And I wake up the next day and I do it all over again. Yeah. You know, but yeah, people try. <laughs> they sure do, man. They sure the fuck do. I swear. I am just like, I, I mean, I'm not surprised, but whatever. we need to come up with a word for this. That surprise you feel when people are so bold to do something, but like, you know, it exists in the world, but you're still shocked when you see it. We need yeah. to come up with a word for that because there's times that someone posts something and you're just like, I got to sit here and think about this all day. Like, that's what the world is to for me today. I'm, I'm ready for this. Yeah. You there know, was a I, whole I, thing yesterday on, I'm on this mixed lady group also, and <laughs> someone posted something that they saw in another group where someone was talking about how um, famous black men that are dating white are, you know, ruining black blackness and all this other kind of stuff. And the picture they posted was Dr. Dre and his wife. Who is black? She's light. She's light skin. I will grant she is light skin, but she but is black. Not. And they were, and the whole thing was just like it was basically the same argument you see for like the the like dem, uh, demasculating of black men through homosexuality and stuff. Same mm -hmm. argument, except for it was using white, you know, famous yeah. guys. Are, and it was just like, and I'm reading it expecting to click and see this guy get blasted. Knowing there, that there's going to be some co-signers, but I thought majority would be blasted. There yeah. were so many co-signers on this post. And mm -hmm. then you get the sprinkle of like, you know she's black, right? Um, maybe you want to swap that picture out. Maybe you want to go for and then just suggest another artist that has a light, you know, yeah. like a white wife or something like that all the way through. And I'm like, how many time, how many rotations of the page I had to scroll through until I saw someone that goes, uh, you stupid. You know, like, yeah, it hurt. Yeah. Like it hurt my whole heart. My whole heart was, was in pain. <laughs> I couldn't, I was like, I'm turning this shit off today. I am done for the rest of the day. I don't have the emotional capacity for it. Um, and usually, like I'm, a, I'm over here being a warrior, and like lately, I just sometimes I can't. I just like, yeah, nope, not today. <laughs> I don't got it in me today. It yeah. is getting out of control. This is a terrible Black History Month for that purpose. Like, how it many is. blackface I, stories? Listen, I was ready. I'm like, you know, last year was a dumpster fire. This year, things are starting to pick up. Um, my business has grown. I almost can't keep up, you know, I, I might have to hire, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, right. things are really looking up. I'm planning something. I'm like, okay, I want to get with like other black, you know, makers and creators. And maybe we can, my initial idea that I had wanted to do was like, all of us offer um, kind of like a yarn crawl 
but people of color and when you buy from one maybe you get a coupon or a discount to the Ooh, other one. that sounds fun yeah i wanted to do something like that yeah and the white people well, why does like, it have to exclude us? Because you have everything else. You don't need this little 1%. They just kick the door in with their shenanigans in the nitty world. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what, are, what are we doing right now? You know, so I said, you know what? I said, hell, I'm black. Every month is Black History Month. You know, me right. and my, you know, I can, I can put something together, you know, March, April, May, whenever. But, um, Yeah. Damn, people, people just be ruining shit for those of us who would have really hyped for it. Right? Like, enjoyed something like that, but anyway. No, yeah, <laughs> I got you. All right, well, <laughs> I 100% get you. Um, I don't want to hold you too late because I know you, you made uh, special family arrangements to talk to me or whatever. So before we wrap up and before we get into talking about how people can find um, your, your uh, company and everything like that, why don't you tell me what you love about being mixed? What do I love about being mixed? I love the duality. Like I love to, um, I like the code switching. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Some people like it can be exhausting. You know, if it's like something you're forced to do, it's fun when you code switch on your own volition. It is like I absolutely love it. Like I love when I'm like, you know, typing an email to a shop owner, and I'm Becky. Mm-hmm. But while I'm doing that, Wu Tang's on in the background, <laughs> and there's rice and beans on the stove. Right. You know what I mean, like it's it's so rich. Yeah. Both cultures are so rich, and then when you can like take them and like mash them together, you know the 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 things that you can create and the things that you can do and like you know the possibilities are are you know and and I I won't lie and say. You know, I don't use use it to my advantage, and I know most people are like, "What the fuck is the advantage to being black and poor?" <laughs> you know I mean? like, and like, you're just like, "Look <laughs> here, <laughs> behold the advantage." <laughs> it's like, you know, I go somewhere and they're like, "Oh, we have um, uh, we have uh, scholarships, but you, you know, you have to be black." Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, this scholarship is for you know Latinos only. Hey. <laughs> You know what I mean? So yeah. while it can be like really consuming and, and confusing and tiring, um, when it's good, it's good. Yeah. I would, you know, good, I would that. good. And, um, you know, so, so I guess, you know, that's what I love. I like to take, you know, the bits and pieces and, and create like these crazy mashups. I love a mashup. I don't, it has to be because I'm mixed, but I love a fucking mashup. <laughs> you know where I get that from, too? Like, my mom, while she's Puerto Rican, and me and my brother make fun of her so bad. We're like, Mom, you want to be black so bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> you figure she was born in Harlem, raised in the South Bronx, um, spoke Spanish before she spoke English. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my grandfather spoke English. My grandmother did not. Um, she understands it though, but she just doesn't use, right. um, she refuses, she refused. Um, but once she turned 18, she joined the service. She joined the air force. Mm. So her travels took her, like we lived in, um, Altus air force base, Oklahoma, San Antonio, Texas, um, Huntsville, Alabama. So 
and she married, you know, two black guys. Hmm. So most of the people I was around growing up were black. Yeah. And a lot of it was Southern culture. So like while she was Spanish and, um, you know, she would play Spanish music sometimes on Saturdays when she was cleaning and she would make Spanish food. She could also fry chicken mm-hmm. and make, you know, like, so she, she picked up these things and she would kind of take both cultures and mix them up and, and, and show how they could kind of go together, which I think was great for me and my brother. Cause you know, we got to see that growing up. Yeah. It's made things a little easier. Like these two things can go together despite, you know, people making you feel like you have to choose and that one is better than the other or, you know, no, it, it fits. You can make it fit. Yeah. You can make it work. She did a lot of that. So I think a lot of that shapes why, you know, I enjoy doing that now. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love you. I'm, I, I'm in stock with you. Hella in stock with you, um, <laughs> um, and your your the videos you post of your daughter and I like I am well documented and known for my discomfort with children. <laughs> oh, for me, before, I had her. before you had her, I am obsessed with like your daughter's videos are my favorite reality TV show. I know when she when she's being bad and you're posting it, I know I'm not supposed to think it's as funny as it is, but I. Hysterical. She is not not nothing on the inside. Like I tell myself all the time, oh, you are failing as a parent, <laughs> right? Because like she's doing this stuff, and I'm like, this is hysterical. <laughs> and then you hear me like I'm trying. I'm like Lola, don't do that. And then like if I pan over to my husband, like his face is buried in his recliner oh. because he doesn't want to laugh in front of her. But she is like this bundle of, and this, this is why I say, I think a a lot of this stuff is like just genetic, like your, your, you know, your genetic makeup, the women in my family, we might be a little off from time to time. (laughs) I'm just keeping it real. We have that, that cruise gene, (laughs) but we're fierce. Like we're, we're strong. You know, we're going to make something out of nothing. If we're in. A horrible situation we're gonna find a way out of it you know we're just so she comes from a line of women like that on both sides mm. and then you know how resilient black and hispanic women have to be right you know and i really think that's like you know mapped or like printed you know in our dna she's got old black lady faces when she's that, upset Lola may listen she does oh my gosh absolutely when she like <laughs> on the sofa and she's watching Sesame Street and she's laid out like she's watching all my children <laughs> with her little hand on her leg and I just look at her and I tell my husband I say, he's like what's up I'm like who the fuck does she think she is when look you have the audacity to parent her and she just looks at you <laughs> you must be out your damn mind Lola, we call, we call her Lola the old lady baby. She Lola. is an old lady baby. Oh my gosh, she is hysterical. I am, I love that kid. That kid cracks me up. She suffers no fools. And you want to know something? A lot of it too is like, I'm pretty sure people always got something to say when it comes to like, they kids be tear, tearing shit up and they talking about mine. Right, right. But, um, A lot of it has to do with 
Um, I get, I believe it or not, I get the most criticism from black parents. Like don't, don't make us look bad type of thing. Well, kind of, because a lot of us were raised like, you know, I'm gonna pop you and I'm gonna do this and you better sit down and you better black kids and brown kids are forced to grow up so early. Yeah. And they're viewed, you know, as like these little terroristic animals. Yeah. When a lot of times, you know, they're just children. They're not adults. They and why can't be, they cut up? They shouldn't be sentenced, you know, in, in our prison system the way they're sentenced. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just horrible. So if I can let my kid be a kid and do kid shit, no matter how bad it works my nerves, <laughs> right? Because I wasn't, I wasn't raised like that. Like, sit down, you know, hush, don't do that. Don't, that's how I, that's how most of us were raised. Um, if I can do that and let her, you know, be a kid for as long as I possibly can and let her grow up without all the restrictions that are like put on our kids, maybe she'll have half a chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give her an edge, you know, yeah. on white counterparts who can do anything they want at any age. Right. You know, so when people see these videos and they see her doing all this crazy stuff, they're like, oh, she's wild. I would have popped her. Who's she yelling at? Who's she? She's two. She's two. She's two. And And she's doing what two-year-olds do. Why should she be any differently behaved than any other two-year-old? And that's it. I mean, nothing that she, nothing that you've posted isn't anything I haven't seen my, my little white nephews and nieces do. Um, Like, you know, my husband's family is, is white, so... I would say, I was about to say she's the typical two-year-old, but she's not. I mean, um, she's got a huge dose of old lady blackness, but yeah. yes, she is a you two-year-old. Know, she she does what kids do. And, um, you know, I, I'm okay with it. Her dad's okay with it. And if anybody don't like it, they can click whatever the little X yeah, button is. you don't have to watch. You just... That's it. And you certainly don't have to sit there and put your little, like, how am I going to be out here being like, you know what you should do with your child, who I don't that, know enough about? That lady, that lady said, oh my goodness, she's so cute, but I sure want to take a comb to that head. Nope. No, yep. you, no. You know, and, and I'll be mindful and I'll be respectful and I'll, you know, kind of keep myself together when it comes to anything except. But your child. Your kid. Yeah, that is you know that is stepping way too out of pocket. She's she's the face of my business, you know what I mean? So it's like she's out there and you know, people are gonna see her and um I've had people say like, Oh, I use her. Um like I'm pimping my kid out. Ew. For business. I swear. Like people have said things like this to me and it's like, no. We don't see enough brown babies. Right. In a positive light. Right. She's my first biological kid. And naturally you go nuts, you know, with like the pictures and the video. And, you know, like if you go into my mother's photo albums, you'll have 20 million pictures of me and maybe like six and a half of my brother. Like, you know, the first kid, you know, to do all of these things. And I am amazed. 
not that she's just my kid, but just to see like this little person yeah. grow. Right. And see like what she's growing into. And I want to capture as much of that as I can. Right. And I share it with the world. If you don't want to see it, you don't have you don't to have see to watch it. it. Yeah. You know. I mean, but, I would uh, love to see more footage of what I was like as I was growing up. I mean, we have a few family videos, but it was always like when that one uncle who had a video camera came to visit, yeah. you know? Not like it is today. It's not like it is today. And, you know, maybe she'll grow up and look back on some of that stuff and be like, oh, like, I can see my whole transition and into adulthood. And that could be, that could be Big, really precious. Yeah. Jimmy had a video of her 20 seconds, <laughs> right, right after the C-section. Oh, and man. they put her on that table and she was crying. Jimmy had that camera on her face. <laughs> hey, girlfriend. Welcome. <laughs> How you doing? You Aww. know. Um, and, and I think, you know, I think she'll appreciate it one day. Yeah. When I, I can show, you know. What I like about getting to see her, and I would never have gotten that read of, of it being exploitive at all, because you, it's not like you got her out there, like, holding a sign, like, bye from, you know, whatever. She just, yeah. she's just living her, her damn life. Like, she just. She the cartoon living. picture of, of, of her. Yeah, the that's your, that's your yeah. logo. Um, the, with her, though, what I like is, is, like, seeing for me, it's seeing the real ass family that whenever I can buy yarn, like yeah. that I know it's going to you and it's not going to some corporation. I can see the family that it's, 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 this is, this is who you're supporting. This is who you're supporting. And I love that because how many things do we buy? Do we have that kind of access to, you know, I'm not, I go to, going. yeah, I go to a grocery store that some rich old white guy, you know, sitting up in a tower somewhere owns but my day-to-day -day is the brown and black people that are working at the cash register that i see they're not getting as much of what i'm paying for i don't look i don't live in a mega mansion i don't drive a lamborghini your purchase just helped me put new tires on my 2012 mitsubishi right i greatly appreciate yeah. it like you i know, love help that... me put my kid in a swimming class you know that type of stuff that kind of stuff and i i mean i like that i like that we get to see your family. Like yeah. I do. I do. I mean, not in a, in a voyeuristic kind of way, just in like a, Oh, these are, these are whole ass people that are and in this world, black. a whole ass black family. And they're normal. And they do the same thing that other families do. And when, when Jimmy cameos in a Lola video, I do listen. not know how. <laughs> you know Jimmy, listen, Jimmy had his own hashtag. Did you know that? Jimmy the like, model, Jimmy, right? Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy was really big in the knitting world. Let me tell you. <laughs> Before Lola came along, it was, it was all about all him. About, I could post a hat and I could I could have worked and loved this hat. Look at this hat I just made. And two likes. Jimmy puts the hat on and takes a picture. <laughs> Thousands. <laughs> oh, it's Jimmy the model. If you look on Instagram, every now and again, you'll catch a comment where somebody's like, you know, I followed you from the Jimmy the model day. <laughs> I remember one lady said, you know, every time I see a picture of Jimmy the model and I think about how supportive he is, it makes me want to punch my husband. <laughs> this is the type of stuff people would send me. And then I had Lola. And that was it. Yeah. It was all about Lola. Everybody kind of forgot about it. He, I mean, he was a little, a little salty about it. But. 
<laughs> I had when I first started following you, I remember him posting a comment on something where he was like Jimmy the model here kind of a thing. Like yeah. he wasn't certain or whatever. So I do I do I can say I have seen it slip a little bit, but it was there when I first started following. It definitely was still a part. <laughs> no, but his facial expressions at the different things that he you it, what I love about it is that you can see both pride and I'm supposed to be mad right now in the same face. Yep. <laughs> he looks he looks at his daughter, listen, and his face like he when I tell you he loves this little girl fiercely. <laughs> she listen, she be in this house disrespecting the hell out of him. And the, the face you see is like his ego and his pride fighting with like his love of his daughter because it's like you're not gonna be dissing me <laughs> in my own house like I pay the bills I buy the pull-ups you're wearing like you're gonna treat me with some respect but damn it I love this kid no, it's so you know, so he, he struggles with that a lot I bet his face is hilarious when he's looking at her, she's funny. I mean, I'm I, I'm grateful for for you and your family. I think I think getting to see a whole ass black family, you know, working together. Even when the boys come in and they're just being bossed the fuck around by oh, their yeah. little sister, they are, and that's another thing. They love her too. Like you can see all that love in there too. You see, like little black boys being loving and kind and tender, right, with mm-hmm. one another and their sister. It's my favorite reality TV. Like, I remember when she was still, you know, newborn, like, you know, still smelt like a baby and not like soda and pancake syrup. (laughs) (laughs) She would be, she'd be crying for whatever, maybe she's hungry, you know, whatever. They'd hit, they'd hit that corner like so fast. Is everything okay? You know, my middle one, the first time he held her, he cried. You know, but now she's getting to that age, you know, where she comes out of their room crying because they're like, get out. (laughs) She she is so bad. (laughs) But, you know, just that 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 love, it it exists between black people. So and you see it, you 100 percent see it. And and I, I love it. And I'm so glad to to have been able to find you guys so that I can I can watch watch your happy family i enjoy it i enjoy the fuck out of it <laughs> and you because you're hilarious and just schooling people left and right and i love it <laughs> i try sometimes i don't some, i have days where i don't feel like i'm doing enough like i see like i see people like you um chrysanthius there's like so many like people who like say like these really profound things or you know post these articles and you know and i'm like I need to do more. Like, I'm not doing enough. Like, I need to read some more. I need to post some more because, you know, you guys are, like, really putting yourselves out there and, like, spreading the word. And I'm like, white people make me sick. No, but see, you're not doing anything different. Like, we are all having our little patch of it, right? Like, we're all, we're like just a quilt of these women out here, you know, doing our things. And I, um, I can be pretty razor sharp and I try to curb it because, like I said, there's a fine line, you know, it's really, I always want to be like my genuine, authentic self, mm-hmm. but the bulk of my business is online business, right? You know, so you got to kind of like walk that fine line of trying to like be your authentic self and, you know, um, kind of separating 
business and work at times and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to find like the balance and, and, and how to do that. But um, my petty copter, I love it. Gas is always gassed and ready to go. I love it. I love it so, so much. I can't even. I love it. But I get it. I'm in that same position right now where like, I don't know if I should answer some of the things that I get because I, I want to be my authentic self. I, and I don't want to ever back. Honestly, I would, I would back down on any other person of color before I would back down on a white person at this point. Like that's my inclination just because it's like, you know, we're all at a disadvantage. They don't seem to be. Um, but you know, every now and then I, I start to type something and I'm like, Oh, do I have to think? Do I have to think about if this will have an impact? Um, because right now my business is not as big as I want it to be. You know, mm-hmm. it's very, it's, it's really small. It's at the start and yeah, you know, I have a decent following and I have people that support me and I have people that are regularly encouraging me and stuff like that, that kind of shit. That's really awesome and helpful. Yeah. But I'm just waiting for that one thing I say where someone's like, well, that makes me uncomfortable because I'm white and I support you and blah, 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 or, you know, whatever it is a being, um, it's kind of a scary thing and I don't want to be scared by it I don't I want to just be like it happens I've been kicked out of Facebook groups um I've been I've I've had people send me emails and it's really hard for people to understand that you know being pro-black doesn't mean you're anti-white right I love everybody if you're a decent human if you don't hold you know views that oppress people um if your moral compass aligns with mine, we're cool, regardless as to, you know, what color you are. Right. Um, but I need you to understand that, you know, I'm a woman of color. I'm going to need space mm-hmm. where white people are not in it, mm-hmm. you know, where I can really be my true authentic self around other people who understand me who, you know, go through the same struggles that I go through and and stuff like that. Um, You know, and if you, or if you're dismissive of, you know, the fact that racism exists, it's a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a thing since forever, you know, and to discount it and act like it doesn't exist and to, to act as if like my words mean nothing and, Oh, please, you know, get over it. It's a thing of the past. You know, once you start that, you know, you're going to catch it. You're going to catch it. Mm -hmm. You're going to catch it for me. But I mean, you know, I don't hate, I don't, I don't hate anybody. I've never been like a mean, hateful person. If, if, you know, I'm the first one to help and, you know, to try to, you know, put a, a a fundraiser together or to, you know, do something, help, you know, anybody if you're like a decent person but you know it just seems as of late there's a lot of shitty shitty white people out there yeah you know so you got to get handled yeah i mean if they're going to show themselves why can't we stand up and and show ourselves too it just looks a little different because you know when black people do it you know we're angry and crazy right which is white people do it they're passionate honestly Wait till they actually see us angry and crazy. <laughs> Listen, you know how many times I say that? I'm like, you have no idea <laughs> behind this screen. Right. You know, like, I'm, I, I don't proclaim to be, you know, like, Billy Badass, and I'm not a violent person. I don't encourage violence against, you know, I, right. I, I, I do all that. But I will drag you 
you know, so if, yeah. if, if, if you're overstepping and, and, and you're doing things to me that are dismissive and, and, and hurting, and I am telling you in a nice, respectable, calm manner that, you know, mm-hmm. chill, you should chill because you don't want, nobody wants that. Yeah. Y'all don't want to see it. I know I don't want it. I get tired after all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Damn it. I know I've taken so much of your time. I'm sorry, but let, let's tell everybody how to find you. Uh, website, www.lolabeanyarnco.com. Uh, Instagram at Lola Bean Yarn Co. Uh, Facebook. I think it's just slash Lola Bean yeah. or Lola Bean Yarn Co. Slash Facebook. Listen, just Google. Just go to the Google. <laughs> just go to the Google. <laughs> and type, type in the in line. Lola Bean Yarn Co. <laughs> with two fingers. Lola Bean. Um, yeah, there's too many Lola Bean Yarn Co.s. As far as I know, I'm the only one. So. Right. Um, all right, so I'll put all that in the show notes, and please do if you're listening and you're even remotely interested in crafting to support, make efforts to support Black women dyers. Um, yes, this is this is like my favorite ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fun. Thank you so much. I needed that kind of I needed that kind of medicine. Good, good, good. <laughs> Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one you can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at militantly mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.